What's up, everybody? This is Ryan Staley, and you are listening to the Sales and Marketing Built Freedom Podcast, where we share with you the underground ninja skills and tactics the top sales and marketing leaders are using to create financial and lifestyle freedom. And the question that everybody is asking is, how do I create financial and lifestyle freedom for me? That is the question, and this show is the answer. What is up, everybody? This is Ryan Staley here with the Sales and Marketing Built Freedom Show. I have a very special guest, Brant Inglehart. Brant is the president, CEO, and founder of QT9 Software. Brant, welcome. Happy to have you on, my man. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, um, so yeah, I'm really excited to, to share your story. So just for those of you that don't know or haven't met him before, Brant's done amazing things. And, and I, I really wanted to have Brant on for a couple of reasons. Um, one, he's a great guy. Two, he's highly entertaining. And uh, three, he's done some amazing, amazing things in, in SaaS that, with his SaaS company that he founded and created and grew from scratch that I haven't seen other people do. And so I wanted him to share with the world what the opportunity is when you do it on your own and you don't need VC funding to, to rapidly scale. So, so Brent, before we get into all those details, why don't you give you, the listener, um, some, some background just on, on you and, you know, your superhero origin story, if you will. <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, so uh, basically in a nutshell, uh, we're a little different on a software company. Most software companies start with a, uh, a SME that hires a software guy to make their software for them. And I happen to be a software guy that fell into uh, manufacturing and quality management. So uh, I essentially was the typical IT guy that's running a network, writing software, etc. And I uh, worked for a manufacturing company. They had to get uh, ISO 9001 certified for quality. And I became the quality manager as well, which was like one of the 15 hats I was wearing. So the consultant wanted to implement tons of paper and documents and logs, and I did not want to do that. So I wrote software to do it and uh, passed our first audit with flying colors. And a year after that, I had our first product out and selling it to local manufacturers. And uh, six to 12 months after that, I was incorporated and I was doing custom ERP solutions for a myriad of different industries and selling our quality management software. I, along the way, was trained to be a quality auditor and a quality consultant. I was, got into business process consulting in the manufacturing space. So uh, anything you could imagine from processes from purchasing to inventory control and manufacturing in general. And I incorporated everything I did into a software interface. Uh, and Really, I kept it with the KISS method. Keep it simple, stupid. Uh, that's how our software works. Super simple, easy user interface, and uh, customer uh, service as much as you could do. Personal touch. Uh, and, and that's basically how I got to where I am. Uh, like I said, most people are a consultant in an area that hire a programmer like myself to write everything for them. And it's pretty complicated because it's the way they see the world and I did mine in reverse. That's it. I love that, man. And so what was like, I, I know you, you kind of went through the, the motion of like someone wanted to do it all paper-based or like, there's gotta be a better way. Uh, however, like 
do you remember the exact moment where you're like, I want to do this on my own. Like, I don't want to work for someone else. Like, and what was it like emotionally to, to kind of like finally take that step? Yeah. So the, the first time back in that quality software, I'd been writing ERPs, I've been designing websites and all sorts of stuff back then. Uh, but uh, when uh, the auditor who, who was a pretty big wig at the, at the company said this is one of the better software packages he had seen, and I should really consider selling it. Uh, that's kind of when the light bulb went on, like, could I do this? And uh, so once I, I had to obviously do some work on it, and, and I released it to somebody locally, and they loved it, and their auditor loved it, that's when I knew I had something. And so it is a big leap of faith. I didn't have tons of money to dump into this. I didn't have investors, like you were mentioning, with sweat equity and hustle. And that's it. I was knocking, knocking on doors and business parks that I knew needed my software. You know, I did my research and, and uh, once you have that small taste of success on something that you built uh, with, with, you know, nobody telling you how to build it, you just did it yourself. It's a, it's just a completely different exhilarating feeling. It, it, it's different than anything any pat on the back I ever got working for anybody or anything along those lines, whether it be a customer, an employer, or a boss, or what have you, selling something that you made and you made somebody's day and you've improved their life is is a is a game changer. That's awesome, man. I don't think I ever heard you talk about that before. So I think that's 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 really cool and that I mean a lot a lot of things that are amazing about that story. You took the Renaissance man approach, learned everything, then created a software. Then made it your own. So let's shift gears a little bit because there's some really cool things that that you've done at, at QT Dine, and, and so if the world needs to hear about it, and one of those things is, you know, I, I know you've had explosive growth over a period of three years, where you went from a million dollars to almost six million dollars in revenue with essentially one salesperson. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. So and so, dude. Talk us through, and, and he doesn't have like a hundred marketing people either, right? You have I have one person in marketing, right? <laughs> yeah. So one, one person in marketing, one person in sales, and a million to six million in revenue in three years. So walk us through that, decode that on, on how that's possible <laughs> so other other owners and revenue leaders can copy that. Sure, sure. Um, essentially... I uh, uh, kind of carved out the best way to sell our software and to who and how to reach them. So marketing and sales all combined into one. And uh, being the president of the company and running it, you know, you can't be a full-time sales rep. You can't be a full-time marketer, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. So as soon as I had my shtick down on sales and on marketing, I'm bringing in good lead gen and I'm, com- I'm closing deals at a regular pace that's when I bring in a sales rep and they follow me. I train them. I'm detailed on how we do software demos, how we respond to our, our, our prospects and leads. And, uh, and then I kind of hand the reins over to them. Now you've got somebody that has all of my knowledge of the last X amount of years compressed into a couple months. That's an animal going out there and closing deals. Uh, and obviously I'm, I'm there to support them as well. And I did the same thing with marketing, you know, a lot of it is finding the right people. Uh, it's not just hiring somebody. It's hiring somebody that fits exactly your mindset and exactly how you operate. Uh, my marketing guy, I didn't even think I was going to hire a marketing guy. And uh, we talked for four hours in his first interview and I hired him on the spot. 
And he's arguably one of the best marketers I've ever talked to or worked with. So it is a lot with finding the right people, but it's also because I found the right avenues. You know, I'm sure some of it was trial by fire, but, uh, you know, I'm also a software guy that could talk to people. So that helps. And uh, once I carved that out and I got those people in place, I stepped away. So I'm, I don't sell anymore. I support sales and I, and I help sales and I, I help the marketing side. Obviously, it's my vision and my, my ideas, but it's my people that are, are driving it forward. And that's how you scale is you, you design it, you figure it out, you get it down properly, or you bring the right people in like a Ryan Staley that are going to help you carve that out. And then you bring people in that can deliver that message, you know, and that's, that's, to me, that's, that's how you scale. Obviously, you got to put bodies in there as well. But uh, but once you've figured it out, a lot of owners have a hard time divorcing themselves from a sales side or a lot of operations side. You know, whether you're in manufacturing or service or, or even software, you feel like I have to be the one to write the software. I have to be the one to run the plastic molding machine or whatever whatever your service is. But it's not true. You know, once you've got it down and every your customers love you, you just have to relay that information, that that knowledge transfer to someone that's capable to do it. Well, thank you for the kind words. You do have amazing people that, that, that work for you. Uh, I, obviously, I, I've had the benefit of meeting a bunch of them from working with you. And and I want to take it one step further, man. We're going to do a twofer. I always I always try and deconstruct the ninja skills of the, the people that I, I interview, right? Just because it's I learn something new every single show that I have someone on. And so for you, we're going to do it on both ends because you, you hit – sales and you hit marketing. So what would you say are like the top three reasons, or, I mean, it could be four or five, right. That you were able to kind of crack the code on, on selling for your company um, so that you could transition that and, and share that with your team. So what would you say you did on that side first? And then let's shift over to marketing, you know, cause you start off doing marketing as well. What, what is that? Because, you know, there's there's a lot of founders out there that are, are still running sales and marketing themselves or they have a you know their first hire in sales or in marketing. And so I'd just love to hear kind of those those two areas. Absolutely. Uh, on the sales side, I put myself in my customer's shoes. I, w- I was someone looking for the software that I sell right now at one point. Um, and what did I want to hear? Uh, so it wasn't so much so many sales reps go out there and they just want to give you every specification and everything, but they don't hit on pain points and they don't understand what the customer's needs are. My focus was I knew exactly what the customer needed and how do I get that message to them? How do I relay that I can solve that pain? And I'm good at that. So I, I, I figured that out and 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 that was how I was successful. I quoted my competitors, you know, way back when, when I needed their software. And that's part of the reason I'm here. So thank you competitors. Uh, because I was like, well, then I'll just write it myself. Uh, now, not, not everyone's going to do that, but I was the customer at one point. And I think a lot of people start their companies that way. They were the customer at that one point, you know, and, and you just got to reconnect with that. Well, then if I was the customer, how would I buy somebody's product? Why would mm-hmm. I buy this? And that was my connection in sales. And that in, you have to understand your customer and their scenario. And rather than just trying to push your product, well, then maybe my, my product's not a fit today, but it will be in 12 months. So I'll make sure that I connect you in 12 months rather than burning a bridge by trying to jam something down your throat. And I just have kind of, a, a I guess, more of a finesse touch to it on, on that. And my sales reps emulate that now. On the marketing side, that was hard. 
I, I tried everything uh, back in the day. I did my own email campaigns, you know, burning up DSL IP addresses, uh, all sorts of stuff uh, and the wrong trade shows, the right trade shows. Uh, but essentially what it came down to is, uh, you know, Google was your, your number one source for bringing stuff in. So you have to utilize that. And then from there, I just looked at, you know, how else are people finding my competitors or, or, or how are they going to find me? I jumped in SEO and put a ton of SEO into the site, uh, into our sites, I should say, and then found some of these e-marketing uh, methods that, that work fantastic. And it, it, it is a lot of bit of trial and error on, on some of that, but um, it doesn't have to be an expensive ordeal to do that. And once you find something that's that's working, now you fine tune it. And that's what I did with, about four or five of our e-marketing sources right now. And uh, then, you know, you know, prospecting and everything else has changed substantially just over the last five years alone. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, that's kind of how I hand, handled marketing. And when I brought in uh, my uh, director of marketing I've got now, he took it to just a whole nother level uh, and just made our marketing dollars is the most efficient they've ever been. Uh, so mm -hmm. it, it there, I, I, I'd be lying to you if I said that it wasn't, a little bit of trial and error, you know, but, uh, but you have to know how people are coming to you. And right now it's how do they connect you from the internet? You know, how do they connect you from social media? How is that? And then you figure out that Avenue and get yourself out there. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I mean, I love what you're saying about, so you, you, you dropped a lot there. So just as a quick recap. Uh, so on the sales side, long story short, it's, it's really, really truly understanding like the buyer journey right? What they yep. went through, what they want, how they want it, when they want it. Um, and th there's, I mean, dude, I've been on the other side of this and I, it's funny, I, you know, with other companies I work with as well, that's one of the things I help them with because people get so stuck in like just what they're doing. They forget about what the customer really needs. And a lot of times if you serve them on the back end of the process, they'll continue to buy more from you. Oh yeah. Um, at an exponential rate. I mean, there's, there's a $40 billion company called Palantir. Um, have you heard of them at all before? Peter, Peter, Thiel, Peter Thiel, knows, Thiel, Peter Thiel knows them, owns them, I should say. So, so check this out. So they are growth. They have $40 billion what they're worth. They have literally their top 20 customers account for 66% of the revenue. <laughs> and of that 66% of the revenue, it's growing at 30% per year. Wow. So that those biggest customers are spending 30% more the following year than they spent the previous year, which is like blows your mind, you know, yeah, talking about customers. And then on the marketing side, I love what you're talking about. Like, that's the thing, man. There's so, so many options with marketing, like ridiculous. And everybody's out there on their soapbox pitching like, this is the best. You got to do Facebook ads or you got to do this. Yeah. So, I mean, like, how, how long did it take you to go through and navigate and then test until you found something that really, truly, truly worked well? Um, I would say the first major e-marketing source we found, and we're not, we're not talking about AdWords or Google or anything like that, just an SEO, just a separate marketing source for lead gen. It probably took uh, about a year to mm. find, and I, that was kind of like a shotgun blast of, you know, here's six lead gens, you know, that are cold calling me or that I've researched and found. Um, and uh, I, I was, my method was who's in AdWords that's not a competitor, that's a marketing source on all the keywords that my customers are looking for. 
that's how I started my process. And uh, that's how I found the the first major e-marketing source I have. And actually, that's how I found the rest of them as well. But um, that's that's basically how, how I did it is I, I signed up with them right away. I signed up with probably about four, maybe five other ones. Oh, and wow. They, they all kind of fizzled out um, and it wasn't, a, it wasn't, again, it wasn't like you're spending tens of thousands of dollars on this either. It's pretty easy to tell within 60 to 90 days if they're, they're going to work or not. Uh, but I, I utilized uh, Google as my kind of my template. You know, if I'm searching, you know, we sell quality management software uh, for, and there's, you know, that I could go on for hours about that, the different areas of quality, but if I was a medical device manufacturer that's FDA regulated, what are they looking for? I Google like 10 different terms. Who are the lead gen companies that are popping up in AdWords? And that was my start. That's how I went after who were going to be my lead gen opportunities because they're showing up in AdWords. They're spending money. They're getting there. That means they're getting the clicks. They're getting the impressions and people are going to them to find potentially me. Love that, man. I love how you reverse engineered it. Very, uh, very software development mindset. You very down. software nerd, like yes. Yeah, very, I love it though, man. You, re, you reverse engineered it. That's fantastic. So, um, what would you say is the biggest mistake that that companies make when they're trying to make that transition? And they're trying to to grow really fast. That you made. Well, maybe, maybe there's one big mistake you made. I don't make mistakes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'd say a lot of the times that when people are trying to scale and, you know, we're, we're, it, we're scaling right now um, is not having the proper infrastructure. Scaling sales is substantially easier than scaling service. That is something that most companies just don't get. If you've got six customer service reps and they're 75% utilized and you start scaling your sales side, there's no way you're going to have good service with any new customers you're bringing on. You're just not going to be able to. So you have to be able to have a little give and take and plan. Okay, if I'm five, six people that are 75% utilized, I better bring at least two on and at least get them into the onboarding process so they can help, you know, once we start scaling sales. Um, and, and that's something that I learned the hard way with uh, uh, in, in the past is, you know, I'm, I'm trying to bring customers on like crazy and you know we're talking a few years back and realizing I didn't have enough on the training and implementation side so I learned that quickly and started hiring a year ahead of time uh, before I needed them because that way by the time we started scaling I've got people with knowledge that can onboard people they can do customer service everything else so I did learn that uh, I didn't, didn't burn any bridges but uh, I ended up doing a lot of extra work uh, so <laughs> You know, that's that's essentially kind of a pitfall that a lot of people think, you know, it's a lot of owners. They they want that growth. But if you can't sustain it, that what's the point of bringing sales reps on if you have nobody to, to, to actually bring those customers to the finish line of whatever your product or services? That's a good point. Yeah. You know, you don't want to have a bunch of customers that are just waiting there with nobody there. Tumbleweeds blowing through. Exactly. Know. Exactly. Especially nowadays on social media, the last thing you need is the the bad word of mouth going through because nobody was there to hold their hand or you know anything that you promised in the sales process. Yeah, no, that's it's great insights, man. So what's next? I know you have pretty big ambitions. Like where where do you see the opportunity? And like I guess like you know what what were you kind of stuck on when you were trying trying to make this next jump? Um, you know. 
really uh, what I was stuck on is is kind of harnessing our sales and our in our customer base at, at the same time. Uh, and I know this sounds kind of dumb, but uh, you know we have a large customer base. We have a super happy customer base. So how do you harness that? How do you keep them happy? But how do you harness additional sales out of that? How do you use that to generate more leads? How do you use that uh, to to uh, to push your development, your innovation of your products? And and that's that's the part that we're going through right now. Uh, and uh, it, it is an obstacle, but it's it's fun uh, because implementing new processes and already having customers like cheering in the background as we go through this is is great. Uh, so. It's it's an interesting time right now because we're we're gonna we're hoping to scale to two to four x here over the next five six years and uh, I don't think that's going to be an issue at all based upon how last year and this year are going and uh, we have new products coming out new product innovations coming out and a lot of that's coming from obviously our roadmap but a lot of it's coming from the excitement of our customer base you know as we're reaching out to them and finding this out you know they, they love the fact that they're they're their suggestions are being rewarded, I guess you'd say. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it, it's, that's smart. I mean, you're definitely at the point of where you're making that jump where there's so much opportunity from existing customers. And, and that's why it's been kind of a, a focus area for you, right? hundred percent. Yeah. It, it's a, a huge focus area. And that's obviously something you've, you've helped guide me and my company with, uh, uh, and it's one thing to have the idea, which I had, but it's another thing for, uh, and for those of you out there in LinkedIn land, and, and Ryan's amazing at this, is being able to take that and carve it down and, and make a, a, a rinse and repeat process that is beneficial to your customers. And as much as benefits them, it benefits you on Legion and sales generation. It's it's a huge deal that is that's so important to scaling and, and just important to general growth, not just scaling, just general growth of your company. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you for the kind words on that, man. I, I appreciate it. It's been awesome working with you. And um, yeah, I mean, you, you have some really happy customers uh, and you you have an amazing product and a great team. So it's it's awesome just to see the results that you're starting to get so fast and you're a great implementer. So it makes all of it. You know, it's a great package to work with. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, man. So. Um, so before we, we wrap things up, I guess, you know, my question for you is, you know, like what's one piece of advice that you're given to a CEO or a revenue leader who's at a million in revenue? What's the number one thing? If, if you go back in a time machine, you tell uh, younger Brandt what, <laughs> what to do, <laughs> what, what, would, what would that conversation look like? What would you say? Uh, there's so many things. Uh <laughs> Well, I would say the, the 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 main thing that I would tell myself, at least back when we went uh, f- from from one million and up, because it scaled quickly after that, um, is focus on your employees because it is a a much better environment to have your employees believe in your vision uh, and have your back on every step of the way that you're because listen, when you go from 1 million and you jump from that to 5.8 million in a couple of years, there's, there's growth, there's growing pains. Right. Um, and, and, and as long as you focus on them, you build an environment that's inviting uh, and, and, and fair to everybody 
and you do the exact same thing to your customer base, especially new ones coming through the door, you're going to be okay. You're, you're going to see your growth go through the roof. You know, we've been double digit growth for years now, and that has a lot to do with it. We don't have turnover on employees. It does help that we have a pot machine filled with beer in the other room, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but the same thing goes with their customers. So, uh, you know, if you, as long as that's your focus and not, and not the second tier idea, you're, you're going to be good. Yeah. I, I think that's awesome. Awesome advice. Uh, that's what Howard Schultz at Starbucks says, you know, you take, take care of your employees. Great. And they, you know, they take care of your customers even better than you take care of them. So absolutely. Absolutely. My, my employees are fantastic and they love our taking care of our customers and, you could see it in the responses we get uh, and, and in the attitude around the office. Yeah, definitely a fun, fun group, man. So awesome. Well, it was great having you on. Where can people find you if they want to know more about you, want to know more about QT9? Where's the best ways to get in contact with you? Best ways through our website, obviously, www.qt9software.com. Uh, we're, we're online all the time. We're here on the phone, uh, et cetera. So we're, we're always available there. And that goes right to our product sites and, everything else. So quality management software and ERP right, right there on one website. Awesome, man. Well, it was a pleasure having you on uh, great insights, some, some knowledge for, for young little brand, you know, in the time <laughs> machine. So I think that's good, you know, five years younger brand or whatever. So anyways, man, um, great having you on. And then uh, we'll look forward to seeing you again soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Good luck to you too. Thanks, man. Thank you for spending the time with me today. I know that time is one of the most valuable resources, so I truly honor and appreciate you coming along this journey with me. One of the things that I wanna ask you is if you really truly enjoyed this and know someone that this can make an impact on, please share this episode with them. If you're on a journey for financial and lifestyle freedom, it is always exponentially better if we're building a tribe with like-minded people who are on the same journey. In addition, I have an amazing PDF for you that could be career changing in terms of the content. Essentially what it is are the top 10 questions that every big customer is asking behind closed doors that no one is telling you about. I'll put a link for it in the show notes. So check it out. It's my free gift for you for being a part of this launch and being a part of this journey with me. And I hope to see you soon.